my appreciation for this record and just Mo in general, I think, has grown quite a bit, obviously since starting this portion of the show, but really since getting into like the back half of Bob's career, you know, and thinking about things like uh, Good As I've Been To You or World Gone, World Gone Wrong, which I feel like we continually come back to as this like kind of like central kind of keystone in, in his entire career, uh, where those songs are not like... You know, he's playing the guitar well. He's probably a more technically proficient musician than Mo. if you're just grading them with a, you know, checkbox scale. But it's not, you know, virtuosic playing by any means. It doesn't, it isn't recorded in some glossy, sexy studio or something. It just sounds like a guy playing music that he loves, that means a lot to him, uh, and getting it out there into the world in the most comfortable, kind of straightforward fashion, uh, just to, you know, just to, to be a part of that tradition. And this, this record from Mo, I think is exactly like that kind of concept. It isn't deep early 20th century, you know, 19th century Delta blues or Appalachian folk songs or anything. But, um, you know, the rock and roll classics that you get on here, one of which is by our very own Bob Dylan, um, you know, are just as much a part of the tapestry of American music at this point as those kind of folk songs that Bob was interested in. And I think Mo is showing her appreciation for this music the same way that Bob did that music here. And again, she didn't need to do this. This doesn't serve any sort of commercial purpose whatsoever. It's a very kind of, um, uh, you know, kind of pure and sincere gesture on her part, I think, um, to just get this out into the world 15 years after she had, you know, fucking left the Velvets and that whole enterprise had collapsed. It, um, you know, it's just really kind of like a, a blessing, I think, this kind of music and the fact that she came back to all this so many years later on and that it sounds as good as it does. She also covers Lou Reed. And, she does. And the Velvet Underground um, at various points. Uh, Jokerman mindset invented years before either of the Jokerman were even born. <laughs> well, uh, she, like Jonathan Richmond, who she also played with um, at various points, not on this record, but at a, at a later date, uh, I think they share something in common. Like you, the way mm-hmm. you just described her, you could describe Jonathan Richmond that way, where he's described himself as not being a songwriter, really. Um, he just... He just does the song. He he's not like a musician, like prof- professional. He doesn't see himself that way. He just right. writes songs when he has to, when he has something to say, uh, when he feels it. He literally, it's like breaking into song in a musical. Right, like that's when he has a song, <laughs> which means you know he's not. Uh, if you're like that, that that's not the position to be in, where you're churning out records uh, to make money, and it's something else and it comes from more of a place of appreciation like the thing that you appreciate you write a song about or the song just materializes or you appreciate another song so much that you want to sing it mm-hmm. or you uh in this in Jonathan Richmond's case like appreciate a band so much that you write a song about them like just the, called the, the name of the, the Velvet band. Underground <laughs> yeah or an artist uh, Vincent van Gogh or in this case Bo Diddley is kind Bo of Diddley. like that uh, with uh, Mo Tucker, um, or Louie Louie, you know, that great man that mm. we, we love to sing about him. <laughs> Song about Lou Reed. Louie Louie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, they called him Louie. Uh, yeah, I, we, we we can get started on Bo Diddley uh, here in a moment, uh, you know, the song Bo Diddley um, by, uh, by Mo here, which starts the record. But I do think, I, and I just one note to follow on that Jonathan Richmond comparison, I do think it's remarkable or something interesting to, to comment on because I've been thinking about it, especially comparing or just thinking about this record in comparison to all the Nico stuff that we've done recently. You know, you, you, think, of, you think of the Velvets as like this, like, art with a capital A 
you know, kind of band, right? Like the inventors of quote unquote art rock. And there's so much kind of heady, uh, insane out there, four dimensional exploration coming from that group, whether it's the Nico shit, whether it's John and his Lamont Young associations, uh, whether it's, you know, lose, you know, kind of exotic uh, uh, songwriting experiments like Sister Ray, like Murder Mystery, things like that. Or Rap Your um, Troubles and Dreams. even. Rap Your Troubles and Dreams, bit. exactly. Um, but at the same, like, at the same time, you've also got this just really straightforward and simple and pure elemental kind of appreciation for the most basic kind of building block shit that's such an integral part of the band with someone like Mo, with someone like Jonathan Richmond, who wasn't in the band. But it's, it's interesting that this art rock band that really invented the concept along with Bob of, you know, rock music as art um, in, in the mid to late 60s, uh, at the same time as they were doing that, they were so deeply connected to just the absolute stone cold simplest, most, you know, basic kind of shit you can imagine. Well, uh, I think and, that that's, that's like the difference between rock and roll and rock, which is something I've been thinking about a lot. And I think you can't really have one without the other. Well, actually, I mean, you could. Well, and I mean, a this, lot of bands this record, do. I think, this Mo record segues back and forth between rock and roll and, and rock. rock. And you know. what what is the difference is something I've been kind of like thinking about. And I think that rock and roll, is, rock is like what happens in a post velvet underground world where you take those uh outsider moments those moments where they it's it's not uh any it's not the blues anymore um but the instruments are there and the they maybe were playing a, something bluesy 5 minutes ago and now it's just it's just not uh you can take that as the starting point and continue to make music that way and that's how so much um current like experimental or extreme or even just alternative niche rock music underground music is um but the people who started that were also going back constantly to the well uh, of the original source uh, which is uh i think important to consider and to note like i don't know that I, at this point, really want to... I'm not listening as much to bands that only do the um, the like really out-there stuff. I, the I kind art, of like... Art yeah, shit. I used to be like really much, much more interested in art rock like and only art rock. Like That was all I wanted to hear. Right. But even when we're talking about television, like, you know, I wouldn't describe them that way. They no, straddle the line. They, were, they are... They kind of do it at the same time, um, but here you see it go back and forth. With the Velvet Underground, you see it go back and forth. All the like they're constantly skipping rope or like hopscotching between uh, art rock and rock and roll. And I kind of feel more spiritually fulfilled by that these days. Like I kind of find that more. Um, it's it's reassuring to see somebody who you know can go that far then like go back to something that just feels so human at scale and and uh warm and real and i don't know that i give as many points out like mentally to uh bands that avoid that consciously these days i kind of i like to see somebody humble themselves before the origin like the source of what they do and pay respect to it 
it b- brings a depth to the the places that they can go. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it. Uh... I mean, we were talking about this with Ira, um, Ira Kaplan of Yola Tango, who, I mean, they are unequivocally masters of doing that. Yeah, they. I mean, yeah, they are one of the few bands today. I think that that have one foot in both worlds. Yeah, they'll play uh, and, Little and, Honda, and then they'll they'll play uh, Pass Me the Hatchet or whatever. Yeah, Pass the Hatchet. I think I'm good kind. Um, yeah, I think over time, though, the the ability right to jump back and forth between those two worlds has sort of been lost, and and bands have been further segregated into their own unique niches, uh, micro niches, you know, that are more and more. Uh, either dedicated towards the fucking, you know, heights of the pop charts, the 1975 or whatever for a modern uh, instance, uh, or the, you know, absolute depths of basement shows uh, and consigned to commercial purgatory. Um, And I think what I've discovered, and I think what we've discovered here over the last however many years is like the ability to move between those two worlds seamlessly and integrate, you know, elements of both of those approaches into your own practice. You see that in the Velvets. You see that in Lou and John as solo artists. You, you see do that in with Bob John a zillion times. Yeah, exactly. John and is like I, someone who gets. Sorry, go ahead. No, I mean you're exactly right. John is the guy who can make fucking words for the dying in 1989 and uh, Drella in 1990, and then he can go and make. Walking on Locusts in 1996, just the most like kind of basic pop confectionery bullshit that I I love just as much as either of those other records, if not more so. Um, but oh, that uh, song, and Perfect. Do you have you heard that one? That sounds like OK Go. Or, I heard or, it or, when like, you posted. I, I gotta say, I have <laughs> not Jimmy broken Eat into or uh, Avril to Black Acetate <laughs> quite yet, but that one's that's a good song uh, I'm, I'm just imagining like pop punk hot topic john now with like the checkered belt and you know those little like bracelets yes. that had like the uh the little spikes on them and stuff just, yeah studded bracelets i mean he uh, did do that and he could he could do it and uh it's cooler to me frankly that he that to see someone just kind of try that just see you know just show he can do it yeah, you can you know, put it on and take it off uh, as uh, as you see fit. Um, no pun intended. But speaking of a record that you can put on, let's talk about Playing Possum by our friend Mo Tucker. <laughs> 